1: up Dolphins and welcome into the Thursday, March the 21st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we're going to recap the Dolphins free agency to date and grade each edition on the traditional A through F scale. Plus, with the addition of a right guard, Jesse Davis's best bet at starting comes at right tackle, We'll jump into the film room and compare his right tackle versus left guard tape, and we move the Friday mock draft up to today in the final segment and some notes on Dwayne Haskins. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Play, or the new podcast app Himalaya. Check them out. Also, give me a follow on Twitter, at LinkfulNFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com. I promise you, we have the best and the most content of any Miami Dolphins site out there going right now. So check that out. And last but not least... The other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast and the Draft Dudes podcast for all your draft needs, as we are now just five weeks away from the NFL draft. We got a busy show. Let's go ahead and jump right in. There wasn't a lot of news or topics to dig into today as far as relevance to Miami's current landscape or just up-to-date news. The one bit we did get was from the Ohio State Pro Day, which every single year is chocked full of guys that are going to be going up to the league. But everybody's eyes were focused on the quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, the one-year starter there under Urban Meyer and under quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator, Ryan Day. We are going to dig into Dwayne Haskins' tape on tomorrow's episode as yours truly was gifted some Dwayne Haskins All-22 tape, so you don't have to look at the stuff you see on YouTube or other people that tweet out the videos from YouTube. But the big news that came out of this was the fact that Chris Greer was there in person. And look, we need to all remember that when a GM or a team in general announces that they're present somewhere or the reports that they're present somewhere, that doesn't always mean something. It could mean they want him. It could mean they want to give the illusion or the idea that they want him. So just make sure you don't take the cheese this time of year because there is plenty of smoke that doesn't always have fire by it. But the thing that we can correlate to this is the last time that Chris Greer was heavily connected to a prospect was when he went out and watched Rayquan McMillan also at Ohio State. And we know this Dolphin scouting staff loves the Ohio State program. They love the blue blood programs, the Alabamas, the Penn States, the Ohio States. They're a big fan of the big time power five schools that get the high level talent because they believe in the coaching. And I do believe that Dwayne Haskins is on Miami's radar as far as a trade-up, I wouldn't consider it likely. We'll see what happens comes draft day, but tomorrow's episode will be more about Dwayne Haskins. And we're going to jump into some free agent grades for the Dolphins so far as far as the guys they have brought in and who they have lost. But with the news earlier in the week back on Monday that Miami signed Chris Reed, formerly of Jacksonville, a three-year veteran there with 25 games under his belt and eight starts, it kind of opens up this... Potential move for Jesse Davis to play a new position, and the idea behind Juwan James departing for Denver frees up the right tackle position. Well, Jesse Davis has experience both at right tackle and at left guard, and I think what we've been told so far, at least from Barry Jackson and in the way the Dolphins have pursued the free agency landscape, is that Daniel Kilgore probably comes back to start at center unless they draft somebody pretty highly, which, as you guys know, I love this center class between Garrett Bradbury, between Elton Jenkins, between Eric McCoy and Lamont Gilliard out of Georgia. I think Kilgore is the plan to go forward because he did play for a year under Dolphins current offensive line coach Pat Flaherty with the San Francisco 49ers back in 2016 on top of the idea that Chris Reed was with Flaherty in 2017 in Jacksonville. So you've got your left tackle, you've got your center, I think you've got your right guard, and that leaves Jesse Davis the one guy really capable otherwise on the roster of starting without a true home to play at. But the good news is, he's played pretty much everywhere on the offensive line besides center, and that even includes nine reps at left tackle a couple years back. But he is six foot six, he's 325 pounds, so he has the build of a tackle, and he was an outside player in college, a right tackle and left tackle, based upon strong and weak side at the University of Idaho, a very strange dichotomy in doing that. And he also started his college career as a defensive tackle, which puts his athleticism on... On display, as those kind of guys have to be able to move laterally to play the defensive line, he has a fantastic three cone time, at least he did four years ago, of 7.41, well below the average of your offensive lineman. And you can kind of see it on tape at times, but I don't think it translates as well as some of his strength metrics do with the long arms and the long reach at six foot six. But he played 33 reps at left tackle, he's played 177 reps at left guard, he's played 120 reps at right tackle, so a very even split there with guard and tackle and then right guard the last 1,327 reps of his 18 consecutive games were at right guard but I don't think that's his best position because last year he really struggled and while you might put some of that blame on the fact that Adam Gaze maybe isn't the best game planner in terms of helping out his weak links at certain spots or putting a guy like Jesse Davis up against Geno Atkins a clear mismatch one-on-one or the fact that Ryan Tannehill and Brock Osweiler are two of the worst in the NFL presently, right now, at evading the rush. So all those things come together. Davis didn't play his best. He was ranked the 77th guard in football last year, according to Pro Football Focus. He was the 96th run-blocking guard, but he was the 54th. Not great, but definitely better than the other rankings. 54th ranked guard in terms of the running game. And I watched his tape because you go back and there are four games, all from the 2017 season, Two of them at left guard, two of them at right tackle. The two games that he played at left guard were primetime games against the Oakland Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens, and they weren't great. There are some examples of him doing the combo block where you chip initially, send the guy backwards and climb to the second level and take out a linebacker. And a couple of the clips, if you guys want to check them out up on LockedOnDolphins.com, the article, left guard, right tackle, and Jesse Davis, you can check those out where he puts CJ Mosley on his back one time, now a Jets linebacker. So that was fun to watch. But he sometimes can be a little bit over his skis, and that's what you call a bender. the last thing you want to be as an offensive lineman kind of getting out over your skis and then getting off balance and you're easy to throw around that way but he's really adept at pulling to the play side or to the back side getting out in space he does find a way to stay in control in those reps but his struggles come from the games the slants the twists the stunts all that stuff that the dolphins have struggled with for years And a big part of that is Jesse Davis himself. I think that sometimes he can get into a set a little too quickly and then wind up lunging at left guard because then you swing it over to the right tackle position and he's better that way because number one, his kick slides pretty smooth. He can get out and cover a lot of ground that way. And with that length and the long arms, he's able to reach out and put his hands on the guy early. And if the rep gets reset, like the hands get chopped down and the players come to a stalemate, he can quickly get back into his set and reset his punch that way. So I think that playing right tackle for Jesse Davis makes more sense going into the new offseason than it would to switch over to the left guard position because a lot of times they'd ask Juwan James to pull out to the play side or come across the formation. I think he can do both those things. I think he and Tunzel, with their athleticism, give you options in terms of your tackles pulling out in space. And I think he's better pass protecting out there on the edge than he is inside. So Jesse Davis, for all my money, I'm going to put him at right tackle. I think you can probably put a player there to challenge him much like you want to do with the center, Dan Kilgore, so I think the Dolphins will approach it that way. Currently, with four offensive linemen starting ready to go, they are Laramie Tunzel, Daniel Kilgore, Chris Reed, and Jesse Davis. I know it does not sound pretty, they're going to need to find a left guard in the draft somewhere, and also find some help behind guys like Kilgore and Jesse Davis, and speaking of that, we're going to get into a mock draft in the third and final segment of the podcast today, but coming up next... We'll discuss the Dolphins offseason so far and grade their free agent signings, as well as talk about the players they lost and the impact that will have. All that next Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingful NFL at Locked On Fins.
2: This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season,
1: It's a Thursday here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you guys haven't heard of the new Himalaya podcast app, check it out. Download the podcast on their app. It's a cool new invention there, Himalaya podcast app. And if you're listening to this podcast early Thursday morning, we probably just came to a conclusion in the second baseball game of the year. I know a lot of you guys probably aren't baseball fans, but I am. And I love my Seattle Mariners. They won the opening game. I did not see a single pitch because, well, it's on at 2.30 in the morning. and as far as today's game I think I'm going to watch it recording this podcast on Wednesday night. I actually had school canceled on Thursday, so I've got nothing to do besides lockdown Dolphin stuff and watch the Mariners get a little bit of workout in. So I might wake up early and watch the Mariners on Thursday. We shall see. And also a reminder for you guys, coming down the pipe in two weeks, starting on April 1st, we're going to have a bunch of podcasts that have been pre-recorded. Four of those podcasts are talking about the NFL draft as far as it pertains to targets on the Miami Dolphins radar. And Monday's podcast on April the 1st will be with former Dolphins, and current offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the college at William & Mary, Brennan Marion. He's a, f- a family friend of Kalen Balazs. He talked about Kyler Murray because he coaches or did coach a five foot eleven quarterback in college as well. It's a great interview. You guys will not want to miss that. I promise you'll learn something about football. Let's go ahead and jump back into the podcast today and talk about the Dolphins free agency period so far because As we know, it has not been a very exhilarating free agency period, although the Dolphins' plan does seem to be coming into focus and we have a better idea of what their vision is compared to years past. Let's go ahead and go over some of these players and talk about what they could possibly do to the Dolphins in the interim, as well as their long-term staying power with the Miami Dolphins. And we're going to go in chronological order here, starting with Tank Carradine, who was signed back in February. Tank Carradine is always hurt. He's a physical, absolute dominant beast. He blew up the cor- the combine. You might know him by Cornelius Carradine, which is the coolest name I've ever heard, but he does go by tank. He is a physical specimen that has a chance to play the base five defensive five technique defensive end position in this defense, but can he stay healthy? Probably not. I would say that signing is a C just because you don't have expectations, but they gave him nothing and guaranteed him no money. So it's a C down the middle of the road. And that brings us to Dwayne Allen. I'm going to give this one a B minus because they know exactly what he is. He can stay in line and block and basically give you that extra offensive lineman. The contract was cheap. There was no money into your number two. He's not going to give you anything in the passing game, but he does help the Dolphins run game instantly, immediately, and maybe in the future if they want to give him more money down the road. And then Eric Rowe, another former Patriot. And this is my second favorite signing so far of the offseason because I think he can start opposite Xavier Howard. If you guys want to go back and check out his free agent analysis on LockedOnDolphins.com, there's a bunch of great clips of him playing into the boundary, coming over to the field side, covering a tight end, covering a slot on a two-way go. The guy has skills. You don't want to trust him to turn and run deep with the receiver, but he can play physically and press the point a lot of the times on the outside, something they're going to ask him to do in this defense. I'm giving that signing a B, and the reason it's not higher, because frankly, well like Cornelius Carradine, he's probably not going to stay healthy. And then there's a tight end Clive Walford. The Dolphins put in a waiver wire claim on Walford last year lost eye on him to the Jets he now signs with his hometown team, the Miami Dolphins, but I'm going to give it an F because I don't think he makes the team even though the caveat there is there's no guaranteed money, so how is it really an F? It probably shouldn't be, but he's not going to make the team so we'll just call it incomplete and leave it at that and then we have Ryan Fitzpatrick the quarterback I talked about him at length on the Monday and Tuesday show but it depends on what you expect for Fitzpatrick as far as his grade I'm going to give this one also a C plus because he... Look, he's not going to be here in the long term to start, but if he can transition into a backup role and he's back for your number two, that grade goes up because I love him as the backup quarterback to a young quarterback. And yeah, he never really got results out of Jameis Winston, but I do think that he helped Winston mature a little bit, even though the guy's been in trouble a couple of times. But you just watch the relationship and the way he interacts with the young guys. I think that he is a perfect ideal candidate to be a backup quarterback and to be the guy that transitions you from the Present into the future with a rookie either this year or next season. So Fitzpatrick, a C plus. I like the signing. That could go way, way up. And I left my favorite for last because it was the most recent signing, the right guard or maybe left guard, depends on what you think of him. I think he's a right guard. Coming from the Jacksonville Jaguars, nobody really knew who he was. I didn't know who he was. I had to admit that. But that doesn't mean you can't go back and familiarize yourself with his tape, which I did, and it was awesome. So Chris Reed, I'm giving him a B plus. I think that he could earn an A grade. I think he's going to start immediately in 2019. I think he could earn starting reps in 2020 and maybe be a solution at that spot. And maybe the Dolphins might finally pick up somebody off the scrap heap and turn him into a player because he can block in this scheme. We know that he has a relationship with the offensive line coach, and there is elite athletic skills there in terms of being able to pick up stunts and move his feet around, and the power is there. I just think that he is a projection player that projects nicely into that right guard role going forward. So an underwhelming group of free agents. But let's go ahead and move on to the losses and talk about what this impact could have. We talked about Jesse Davis in the first segment. The reason that he gets a crack at right tackle is because Juwan James leaves. Now, I wouldn't have signed James to the contract that he got, But ultimately, he's a good player, and there's a reason he got the money that he did. So Miami is going to miss him the most of all these guys they lost, in my opinion. And then Danny Amendola to the Detroit Lions. That, to me, was a very easy loss. You go ahead and cut him, cut ties. You elevate Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson into that role. And Amendola, who was really an unproductive player last year, he made some big-time third-down catches here and there, not that many. He missed time with injuries. I think the Dolphins had to get away from that contract. They did, and I'm proud of them for doing it. Cam Wake, we know how tough it is to lose a guy like that, but we also know that he really didn't have a role in this defense, and he really wasn't probably going to be a productive player in two or three years when the Dolphins have a chance to start competing again. So I think that one made the most sense to go ahead and just let him walk. Frank Gore, I don't really, I'm not worried about him leaving to Buffalo. I thought that was a pretty weird signing for the Bills, but just getting Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balazs more involved to me that's a good thing. So good on Miami for not putting that contract back out there. And then Ryan Tannehill, because of the trade compensation they got back, that was one of the better moves of the offseason. We knew he was getting cut. I talked about him getting cut last, October, last November, October when he was hurt. Some people on Twitter told me I was crazy and I had to block them because they were coming at me. And all I said was, I have information that he might move on. And he did move on. The Dolphins had to move on from Ryan Tannehill. That era comes to an end. So, really, all things told, yeah, the Dolphins did get worse. We're not going to come out here and talk about the players they cut and let walk that way because frankly who cares I mean there was a reason they had to move on from those guys contract or otherwise and I know Danny Amendola was a part of that but a lot of folks wanted to keep him but I think that was a great signal to the future that the Dolphins are no longer going to keep these veterans on high contracts for no real reason other than to plug your temporary holes you have on the roster with guys that frankly just I'd rather give the job to a young guy So by and large, a pretty inactive free agency period for the Dolphins, but we know that the draft will be hot and heavy with tons of picks and action and probably some tradebacks. Next on the podcast, we're going to get into the mock draft and do that here on Thursday opposed to Friday because tomorrow we're going to do an extended mailbag on the podcast. We'll come back with the mock draft here. Locked on Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: I put a poll up on Twitter sometime late Wednesday afternoon asking if Dolphins fans would rather go 8-8 eight and eight under the guidance of a rookie quarterback, which really who I was talking about there was Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray, or if they'd rather go 1-15 and get the first pick next year, and the caveat to the 8-8 and idea was that the rookie quarterback plays all 16 games and finishes strong towards the 8-8, and and it's split 50-50 down the middle with 1,622 votes right now as I record the podcast. That's crazy to me and a fascinating way to... To root for your team, really, because in the one scenario where you have the rookie quarterback and you go 8-8, and that's promise, that's hope, that's growth. That's what Baker Mayfield did this year with the Cleveland Browns. That, to me, is what you want. That's the hope that we're pushing everything towards, hoping to buy hope. And so you'd rather sell on guaranteed hope and buy into future hope by going 1-15 and push that can down the road. I really don't understand it. I know people like Tua Tunga-Vailoa, but the idea is that you have a productive rookie in you number one. That's the general idea of the poll. And maybe that was missed or lost on some folks, but nonetheless, a fascinating dichotomy there between Dolphins fans who really, it sounds like at least half of you are all in on this tank at all costs. Weird to me, I don't get it. Let's go ahead and move on to Mock Draft Thursday, which... Normally, we do these on the podcast Friday, on Mock Draft Friday, but tomorrow's going to be a bigger Twitter mailbag, so we'll get into that. And I want to just explore this because last week, we didn't have time to get into the mock drafts with all the free agency news and crazy dealings going on around the league. So with that, once again, the Dolphins do trade back, this time from 13 to 24 with the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders chip in pick 35 and 24 to come up to get that. So Miami gets an additional second round pick right there. At the top of the second round, and there was no change at the very first pick for Miami. Safety out of Mississippi State, Jonathan Abram. You guys know by now, I think this guy is a temperature changer, much in the way I thought Derwin James could change the temperature in your locker room. A leader, a feisty player that wants to hit, and one of the best tacklers in the country. I think he fits all around for this defense and is the future replacement for Rashad Jones, either this year or maybe in 2020 and beyond. Pick number 35 in the second round, defensive end Chase Winovich. He's a starter day one on this defense at that five technique on the outside. He can kick outside and play seven tech as well off the outside part of the defensive end in a 4-3 front or a 4-2 front really is really what Miami will be doing more often. So Chase Allen from Michigan comes on down in the second round. Dolphins organic pick there, 48 Left guard, Chris Lindstrom. I talked about the offensive line hole. The one they really have right now in terms of if you trust Jesse Davis and Daniel Kilgore is at left guard. So Lindstrom fills that from Boston College. The defensive end in the third round, pick number 79 out of Texas. This might be low on him, but Charles Amenahu falls and the Dolphins scoop him up and he's their Trey Flowers clone, the guy they want to fill that role. They were hoping to fill with Flowers until he got 18 million bucks per year. In the fourth round, pick 117, right tackle and the competition for Jesse Davis, Chuma Yodoga out of USC the guy was dominant at the Senior Bowl he looks fantastic out there, size athleticism, kick slide, all the fun stuff you want to see, in the 5th round the cornerback out of Kentucky, number 152 overall, Lonnie Johnson, he is long and lengthy, can press the opposite side and compete with Eric Rowe Cordrea Tankersley, Jalen Davis and Cornell Armstrong and Torrey McTire and that entire glut of cornerbacks in the 6th round, number 190 he's been here for a while, running back James Williams the best pass catching back in the country last year in all of college football out of Washington State go Cougs and the Dolphins have two seventh round picks back to back 235 and 236 I just threw names in here I took offensive tackle Isaiah Prince out of Ohio State and linebacker Terrell Hanks out of New Mexico State to help on special teams so that is your mock draft Thursday for the March the 21st edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I assume everybody's watching some college hoops tonight as the NCAA tournament kicks off. I am looking forward to that myself. I cannot get enough of those crazy finishes at the end. Not really a big basketball fan in general, but March Madness is different and very unique, and I will definitely tune into that. As for today's show, I got to get out of here, but once again, a reminder that we're going to go way in-depth on Dwayne Haskins on tomorrow's show. We'll talk about the private workout he had with the Dolphins. Chris Greer on hand to see it plus the Twitter mailbag but that will be my time for today's show if you have a smart speaker or Bluetooth capability in your car just say play Locked on Dolphins podcast and you can pull us up right away please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast and the new podcast app Himalaya leave us a rating, leave us a review check out the other Locked on Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams, follow me on Twitter at Winkle NFL. Follow the show at Locked fins Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at Lockedondolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a mailbag edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up.